whatever happened to predictability? The Milkman, the Paperboy, and Evening TV. Oh, Everywhere fuck. you look. Oh. Oh. Everywhere you go, there's a heart. <laughs> a hand to hold on to. I'm like, that's sh- just my philosophy. Shit, I know it, but I don't know it. <laughs> I know it. Ooh, wait. It, so- wait, it sounds like you were there, but maybe you didn't quite grab it. No, I don't know. I don't have it. Ju- judges? I'm sorry. No, she did not get it. That is the theme from Full House. Oh, God. Well, I didn't watch that one as a teen slash kid, so maybe that's why. But, you know, I've heard the song, and that's why my brain was like, oh, I think I know it. I think I know it. Because you are slightly older than me, you were teen preteen at the height of Full House dumb, and you you were probably like, ah, who cares about this stupid show, this stupid, like, kid family sitcom i'm i'm watching (laughs) anime over here being cool well i didn't discover anime until i was in my teens so to be honest Mm -hmm. i don't really remember too well what i watched before that i would really have to think about or if i watched anything because i was a big bookworm so Mm -hmm. maybe i was reading who knows what a nerd what a nerd that (laughs) voice you're hearing is the voice of colette and that is from uh the titular colette and matt have entered the chat a member of the hyperx podcast network my name is matt silverman and we're here to talk about video video games perhaps you've heard of them you forgot to say it's the most important topic on planet earth it I mean, it goes without saying. Do we have to remind people that video games are the the number one topic? We we don't. But just how I kind of relish and giggle every time that I hear you say, Colette, do you like sound? Do you? (laughs) Look, that ad is dead and we are, it's July. So we got, we got new, we got some fresh advertisements. Well, I'm sad about that. I'm sad because I do. I have to say every time that ad rolled, I giggled, but also my point is, is that sometimes it's nice to hear you say, let's talk about the most important thing every, every, I don't know, man, I'm weird. All right. I, I I like, that's fine. We can revert to the classic format and, uh, we'll be, we'll get there. (laughs) How are you doing? I feel like I have it. You know why? Cause we had a wonderful guest last week and then it's been like a week and change since we last like sat Correct. down. So I feel like I, I feel like I have not hung out with you. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, it's been so long. I am, <laughs> I am well, I'm in that, um, going on vacation in a few days, mental space yes. where like you are going, I'm not leaving until next week, but I'm, my brain is fully clocked out. So clocked out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really excited because I'm going to Maine, which is somewhere that I've never been before. I don't and think I knew that. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't know if I told you. Made in the summer. I love that. Oh my God. It's so nice. I was, you know, we're starting to get to the point where we're like, let's look at the weather. Let's plan mm-hmm. some things. And we were like, oh my God, the weather. Like the high is 80. Mm-hmm. In in Maine right now, you mean? It will be when we're there. Like that's yeah. the highest high that we will see. I love that you're like, that's, that's like super like chill. Cause where you are, it's probably like, oh, it's another 110. Oh. Oh, yeah. And the humidity is so high. So it's like, oh, it's 98. But the heat index is like 107. And when you go outside, you feel like your skin is on fire. And I am not exaggerating. It feels like your skin is on fire. The other day I said to my husband, who is Thai, for those who don't know this, is this how hot Thailand is? And he was like, it's hotter. 
Yeah. I mean, so d- d- is is he has family there or he is literally from Thailand? Like he, uh, he has family there, um, yeah. but he also was he was born in the United States, but lived some years in Thailand as a child. Gotcha. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say this often because my wife hates the heat and hates, she doesn't hate the summer. We, we love summer and all the things that happen with summer, but I'm like, I don't care if it's 110 and humid, like I'm good to go. I cannot Amazing. function in the cold. You know what I mean? So like I, you, you, you can, you can give me the hottest day and I will be fine. But dip below you know 50 degrees you know in, you in the fall deal. winter and i'm like i there, there's something about like i can't I, wrap me in six blankets and still it's like i can still feel the winter and i can and i can't function so so i, I remember you saying i think it was winter earlier this year and you were saying that like you had the chill like your bones like your bones, bones. were like basically frozen see i'm the opposite yep. of you i despise summer mm-hmm. the only things mm-hmm. i like about summer are things i can eat so watermelon mm. uh yeah. barbecue etc i i hate outside hot days i hate the pool <laughs> i hate i like the oh, beach i was only about to ask if, if I can listen to the beach, I don't want to, okay. I don't want to sit in the sand and have sand go in places. No, the beach, the beach is fucking bullshit. It's loud. And we live- it's loud. I hate yeah. loud. Like I'm very, you know, yeah. I mean, I have ADHD. I'm super yeah. oversensitive to, to noise. So I'm like, but loud, fuck it's off loud, loud from Pete. From people or people, loud from yeah. the ocean? No, 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 no. The okay. ocean's yeah. great. If all the people yeah. just vanished into the ocean or were kidnapped by some, <laughs> I would be, I would actually, I would, you know, I would still not like sitting in the sand per se, but I would like it more. But yeah, people, I mean, I, you know, let's be honest. I'm an introvert. I don't love people. I don't love hella mm-hmm. crowded places. So mm-hmm. yeah, not definitely not my bag. Um, I am a fastidious skincare freak. So I know that the sun mm-hmm. gives me cancer. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to put sunscreen on every two hours for the entire day. Um, I just, yeah, I <laughs> it's just so a, much work. It's it, a lot you of work. Drag, drag your shit, de- drive to the beach, drag your shit in the blistering sun. And this is coming from up. a person who likes summer. See, like, like I, you know, I, I, a part of me is like, man, why you got to be such a summer hater? And another part of me is like, you know what? Fuck off. I'm going to be who I am. And I am a summer hater. I am a Good. summer. Uh, you you are entitled. You are entitled to that. And like you said, we're, we're on opposite sides, but we can agree. And oh, I yeah. think this there there's there's hope for this country that if you a summer hater and me a winter hater, summer lover can agree that the beach is bullshit. Then I think well, there's hope for this. I gotta nation. back up and say there's definitely no hope for this country, but there's hope for this. <laughs> there's hope for this friendship for sure. Always. I mean, not that it needed help, but anyway, like, uh, yeah, this country. No, get the fuck out of this country. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know if anybody on like the fourth was like, yeah, America. But like, I was just like, wow, I fucking hate it here. I want to die. Like, I just just. Yeah, just, just this bad. dread that you're like, we might only have one or two of these uh, Independence Days left, like to celebrate. Like there might not be much, you know. I, and I, I just, I, I hate yeah. being hyperbolic about this stuff. But uh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to fixate on it because I don't. I don't want to be super negative. Not because it's not viable, but because you know, obviously, like you know, we have a show, and I want to talk about cool, fun things on the show. But yeah, yeah like no, I was not. 
<laughs> and then it was so funny. Like I had the fourth off. And so I came to work on the fifth and I'm like, you know, looking around the internet and I'm going, Oh, everybody like my age and below was like, fuck today or fuck yesterday yeah. in that case. So yeah. I was like, Oh, I feel better now. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Right. At least you can. I mean, don't don't go. I mean, try not to go on Twitter ever. But like, uh, but it is nice to see your colleagues and your friends and your your sort of your peers being like, oh no, it's not I just, just felt me. validated. You know, I was like, wow, yeah. this everything really sucks. And then I was like, oh, they think so too. Okay. Well, that helps. Yeah. I mean, the the thing, the only thing that really helps me. Uh, sometimes is to take the longest view possible, which is that it seems bad now, but like the world truly is better, safer, and more peaceful than ever in human history. So while we, a modern democracy, are backsliding in a lot of departments and it's scary and worrisome, um, within our parents' lifetime, we had Jim Crow. Within our grandparents' lifetime, we had slavery. Within, right. If you go back further than that, it's like we didn't have medicine. You know, we oh, thought sure. that we burned witches. Like it's the world. History is a fucked up, cruel, disgusting, truly psychotic place. And we are living in the tiniest sliver of the best fucking most awesome time so far. And it sucks that like the world we knew is kind of, it's kind of slipping a little bit, but like, it's still the greatest time in human history for sure. Yeah. That's and that's fair. the only thing, that's the only way I can sleep. Basically. That's fair. That's fair. I, I totally agree with you and I see your point in every way and yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're totally right. So take that as you will, but we're not here <sighs> to talk about uh, our slow descent into uh, fascism, <laughs> but instead... <laughs> about a video games. You definitely had the idea for this week's topic. I think I did because I was thinking about all the little tiny game experiences I've had that I've been like, you know, those were so great. And like these games are so tiny that they probably won't ever be you know, found by other people often, like not to say they wouldn't be found ever. But one thing I've realized about me is that I really deeply love like indies, like small games. And I have yeah. a really good friend who, as we've gotten to know each other, I've been like, oh, man, you really like triple A's. And it's interesting we get along so well because I'm not anti triple A or anything, but like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just really, to me, it's quite fascinating how different our tastes are. And it's made me mm -hmm. realize that it is that, that predilection for these types of games that has allowed me to discover some things that have been just like really profoundly wonderful experiences. And a lot of people might not ever have that experience. So I thought, huh, well, mm -hmm. who knows who's listening and who might be like, whoa, that's so cool. And, you know, when I was looking at the list, I was thinking to myself really carefully, well, is it all about only teeny tiny games or is there like an exception? Like, are there bigger games that I wanted to mention? But in the end, I think that most of these games your typical, and I mean typical gamer, maybe that's a console player or whatever, they just wouldn't, mm -hmm. um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know these, you know, they might not because, know them. Because you have to, you have to do a little bit of work 
I think, as a consumer, to really read, a, to to be invested in certain communities on the internet, to read certain publications that are really going to like surface little things, and to be then aware. Like, and, and actually, you know, this might be a fun topic to explore. Is like, how did you discover some of these things? Because what I find is like oh, this subreddit, someone mentioned something or here's a little video popped up here. And it's just kind of like, wish list that, make a note of that, throw that, you know, email myself, I should check that. And it's just cobbling together a lot of ephemera. And mm-hmm. then one day coming back and noticing like, oh, this game that it looked cool three months ago is is out of early access. I should try it out. And then it's like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this, this amazing game. Like, mm-hmm. I, and where did I, where did I find that? Not from television, not from no. Kotaku or what, and Kotaku covers. It. I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on publications. No. Uh, it's just, it's a different ecosystem. I, I, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I hear you. And I agree. If, and I think that I have always had this deep curiosity, deep curiosity. And I remember really clearly that before the internet, because I was actually fucking alive before that, uh, <laughs> I love to go and eyeball, uh, magazines like PC gamer. I remember right, doing this sure. as a teenager and I have this really vivid memory of seeing, um, the LucasArts game loom for the first time yeah, and being right. like, wow, like fascinated, mm-hmm. right? Like by that game mm-hmm. and by the photos. And of course I was like, the graphics are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> in know? this tiny thumbnail of right. a screenshot in a magazine. Right. But yeah. like, I guess, and this sounds kind of like romantic and embellished, but like, I've always really been like a seeker, yeah. I think. And that that goes across other medias for me too. I've always like been mm-hmm. fascinated with um, books, you know, with, with, with the books that are not in the mainstream, with the music that's not in the mainstream. And so I guess, you know, it kind of, um, it kind of goes in that same direction with games. And then I think, so I think for me, right, like that was always kind of it. And then of course the internet came, I was like, wow, so many places yeah. to find this stuff. But I will say in praise of steam that I do think that steam has for the longest highlighted work like this, this types of small games long before, you know, Xbox was like, Oh, we have Indies. The switch was like, Oh, we have Indies. Like they were way before. So I would say that I've used my wish list to manage and, or play these kinds of games, find these kind of games for, I don't know, 15, 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, this is a, a shot in the dark, just a speculation, or an, let's say it's an educated speculation. So I know we have some game development people in our in our listening audience and our mm-hmm. community. So please, please inform us if if this is uh, of interest. But my perception is that like um, g- game g- video games are made on PCs, like they're made on computer, e- even console. Like that is how you know, unity, unreal, whatever you're, you're in a computer environment to make the game. So it is the, the path of least resistance to getting a game operational and published is the PC ecosystem, which is dominated by steam. So like Mm -hmm. to your point, the first stop for an early access game or an indie game or whatever is usually pc like uh, nintendo sure. is notoriously difficult to develop for right the the chipsets and the 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 technical ecosystems of playstation like that uh, that seems to be historically a big shit show and then pc is just like oh just like, upload your game and and yep. if it's playable on if you're playing it on the machine you're developing it on then people can play it on their computers as well right and that's that seems the, so simple not, 
it's 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 obviously not simple, but it's it's maybe the path of least resistance, and thus the PC is the the fertile most fertile ground for indie sure. development. That is my perception. Please correct me if I'm uh, mistaken, uh, listeners, and and you if you know differently. Yeah, I mean, no, I I don't. I I mean, I assume that that you are you are spot on um, in that, and yeah, I I. I just, yeah, I, it's always been, I guess, a place where I've found a lot of things that have interested me. And it has also been a great pleasure for me to see like more indie games, like indies become so much more, um, accessible. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like indies are just, you can, you can access them now in a way you couldn't before. And I like seeing them championed, um, in those ways. So yeah, all of the games that I, um, put on my little mini hidden gems list as we're calling it are definitely would fall into the indie category for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a, uh, mine too. And that is a, also a blurry thing. Uh, you know, I think for the purpose of this episode, and again, this was you, you, you kind of one day you were like, what if we do, you said, hit, you said hidden gems, which I think is more mm-hmm. important, a, 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 um, you know, a what do you call it? A, a category than indies. Cause indies, the line is blurry. It has been blurred and is blurring, you know, like what, you know, no man's sky, for example, as I've talked about a thousand billion times is technically an indie game, but they had support from Sony and published by 505 and whatever. And, and it's one of the big, it's the biggest universe you could, the scope of that game is arguably the biggest, uh, ever made. So mm-hmm. like, what is an indie versus a triple? And, and I think those are just at this point, they are just business denominations sure. in, in some ways It has sure. nothing to do with the art itself. And so, um, for the purpose of this conversation, I I think I want to get back toward um, something you said earlier, which is like, hey, you know, this game that I love, you know, the subreddit only has like 3000 people and maybe there's a discord of 2000 people. And like, obviously, maybe there's probably a few more people that play it. But like, clearly, the community around this game is not nearly as large as, you know, I don't know. Valheim or something like Valheim is an indie game that became a phenomenon, not a great game, amazing achievement, cool community, not a hidden gem. Obviously, Right, right, right. Exactly. Like when choosing my games for this, I thought, well, do I know a lot of people who know these games? And I I, I don't think that I do. There's one exception, but it's a VR game. So I thought I'm going to choose a VR game because so many people don't have VR. I think that would be a really good thing to point out. Totally. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, mostly I thought, uh, you know, for my own personal list, I was like, well, you know, several of these games are many years old. Some of them are more than 10 years old. Um, and I thought, Hey, you know, maybe these were missed. Maybe these were never heard of in the first place. So that was kind of how I went to my selection process. But at listeners, as I told Matt before this episode, I mean, if given more time, I probably could have talked about this topic for three hours. Yeah. And that would know, be like, it, help! <laughs> no, I would love every second. Because I, I also kind of wish you have put your selections in the in our little chat here. And um, I'm really excited about all of them. Um, but there's also a part of me that was kind of like, oh, I, I wish that I could have been surprised a little bit too. Where you just like pop uh, them out and we, we, we would talk about it. But, but either way, it's going to be great. And um, 
you know, let's see where the conversation goes because maybe maybe this gets split into two episodes, you know, or something. Or maybe, maybe we there's figure that a hidden out. gems part two if we want to do it. So that's all yeah, things yeah. to think about, I think. So let's see how let's see how it plays out. But first, uh, we asked you, our listeners in our Discord community, what your hidden gems are, and uh, boy, did you deliver! Oh, so, some of those uh, are so good. It's exciting I'm to like excited. look at these. Yes, uh, so many good things. Well, we're going to get into it, but like so many things in here that I was either vaguely aware of or never heard of, and I am immediately intrigued and want to check out. So uh, why don't you kick it off, uh, and we'll just blast through the the list here. Yeah, so uh, Life Force, also known as Kyle, says, I've discovered Legends of Eidolon recently, an MMO with idle mechanics and a pixel stick figure aesthetic. It's quirky, and the MMO side of the things can be a little janky, but it's fun to pick up and put down. Never heard of it. I am so the, uh, Kyle, you have um, you have raised a handful of crack cocaine and said, check this out. <laughs> and I'm like, now I I have been on a quest for a mobile MMO, something that as as Kyle says, pick up and put down and check in, check out, whatever. Um, and I've dabbled in a few, and I really liked Eve Echoes and and other things, but I was vaguely aware of this and now Kyle has brought it back on my radar and now I'm like, okay, maybe this is because it's, 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 um, it's free to play. It's free to play. It's on phones, but you could probably play it in a browser too, or maybe on steam. Um, and I, there's just, I've said this a thousand times. I just love incremental progress and the idea of, generating resources or experience or whatever in the background you know where you can do your things and set up your heroes or whatever and then you just set it aside and go about your life and then you come back and you check in and progress has been made there is something about that i think my only experience with anything like that was probably like which i mean i know this is like not quite the same thing but was probably playing like neko atsume where like you came back and like cats had been to yeah. your place and maybe right. you got a picture like, but I found that very, um, very rewarding and very fun when I was doing it. Yeah. A- Animal crossing. I mean, the idea that the world goes on when you're not in it. And then when you come back, it, there are new things and quests and shop items and, you know, characters to interact with. Um, the, the, the only tick box that I would like to know more about, about this game and, and I can poke around at it is like, I would like it to be, I'm in the mood for a social aspect. And I know that's probably not something on your uh, agenda, but the idea of like, is there meaningful interaction? And that could be cooperative, it could be competitive, but it's like, could you join a guild or go on a raid together on a boss and work, like working together uh, to, to achieve something is very appealing especially in like a super casual way like this sounds I, I don't know i'm i'm going to be investigating this thank you kyle yeah this is definitely interesting i agree um i have never heard of this so that's the whole point the whole point is to be told things and you go oh i've never heard of this oh i've never heard of this so yep uh, uh put it, put out it on, of the the list. Gate on number one great 
uh, uh, Kyle has convinced us. Uh, Nose B says Singularity, a solid FPS by Raven with a lot of Half-Life and Bioshock influences uh, where everyone makes a tape recording before they die. It's the classic like audio. Like what happened here? Well, someone left an audio log. So here's the here's the, the exposition, the backstory. Uh, Nose B says it came out back in 2010. First played it on PC, uh, PS3 and then later on PC. Uh, and that it, it kind of had mediocre reviews, so it never like became a big hit. But uh, interesting, Ste- like, Steam's uh, got very positive reviews, and it costs all of seven dollars and forty nine cents. Hey, hey. yeah, I should be looking these up and saying the prices as we go. I feel like <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, right, ooh, on- ooh, how cheap is that? How cheap is that? You're 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 on price duty. Uh, Nosby also says, and I don't know if I'm saying this right. Verde Station, V E R D E, Verde Station, Uh, short little indie experience exploring a space station. Check, I'm in. Uh, It's now free on Steam. Has some neat ideas and is worth a look if you like games such as Gone Home, which I've never played, but is obviously very. uh, is, an, is an indie darling. Do you know Gone Home? Yes, I've played it and I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it's kind of like right. a, uh, got a lot of coming of age vibes to it. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Hmm. It's interesting. Verde Station in the, the description on Steam, there's a part that says it can be considered a mystery box game. I've never heard of that before. Hmm. No, me neither. Is <laughs> that like, um, is it, is that akin to a puzzle box where it's like all the pieces I don't know. I've never heard the phrase fit together. Okay. No combat, no true puzzles. There are a few elements you may need to think through, but no true puzzles. So very interesting. Interesting. I I like that, that disclaimer of like, hang on. If you hate puzzle games, this is not that no true puzzles. Like I get it. I understand what they're saying. I'm adding that to my, my list of things to check out. Neat. Nice. Uh, said, okay. has some, has some suggestions here. If you want to, uh, uh, dive in there. Oh yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Hidden gems. How about Retroforce on PS one? I remember it being quite a good shmup and there was a period where I thought Retroforce go is named after it. That really made me <laughs> laugh because I had never heard of this game and I was like, Oh, I wonder if like anybody in our old podcast group, like knew of this game and it in some way, like motivated them to want to name our podcast retroforce go uh i I would have to ask them but i have never heard of this game either so far i've heard of none of these games that our folks have been uh yeah yeah amazing not a one uh and so it sounds like maybe you don't know but like the 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 name retroforce go is such a great like um it's it's over the top on purpose it's like it it is clearly (laughs) intended to be a, a silly, ridiculous, over-the-top name in the best way possible. But do you sure know was. where it came from or who named it? Like, do you, what's the history there? Do you, I know do you that know? the the group agreed to name it that, but I don't know if it was one person's idea or if, like, you know, I I just don't remember. It was just it was two thousand seven. Like, I have no idea, <laughs> but I do know that somehow, some way, we all uh, agreed on that together. So. I love that for the, yeah. we, we, for the documentary, you gotta, you gotta figure that out. Go yeah, back. Yeah, really? Time. I really do. Uh, uh let's see. M- Megalith turn. says, I think, Oh, thank you. Uh, Megalith says, I think my favorite hidden gem I've discovered lately is probably rogue tower. Uh, it's a newer tower defense game with an extensive tech tree. Yes. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. Uh, and a ton of replayability. Now, 
I when when I hear tower defense, um, I, the light bulb does not go off for me. Like I get it, and I get the appeal, and I love strategy games, and I love real time strategy games, and I just don't know why I have never been hooked on tower defense. With the exception that Thirteen Sentinels, the battle portion, you know, the non-story portions, are basically a tower defense game, um, mm. but it's super loose. It's not a. It's not such in a classic way, and um, so I don't know. I I I, I it, you know you know ever you ever see a genre and you're like, I should like this, but oh, I have no motivation. You know what so I mean? I have no interest times. in playing it. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've had that too, but you know, I think the game world is so diverse and has so many different types of things. And we've talked about how, you know, we can never ever see or play, even play half of what we might want to play. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's a piece of that, you know, it's knowing that, Oh, that could be something really cool. But if the pull is not strong enough, we may never go. Or a part of us must be like, Oh, that might be cool. Like, I feel like this is how I feel about RimWorld. Like, your enthusiasm yeah. for RimWorld is so genuine and so true and so passionate that I've been like, man, it kind of makes me want to try RimWorld. But then another part of me is like, I don't really play games like this. Like, totally. And so I never pull to that point, you know? Right. Yep. Be right. You you can't you can't find a way to pull the trigger on that. And I get it. Um, side note, I am I am looking at Rogue Tower now and I love the aesthetic of it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. really like the low poly, uh, bright um, you know, landscape that is that is materializing here. It's mm-hmm. it's really pretty. Yeah, which it is. is like it's like a I don't know, as you have said uh, multiple times, like the the aesthetic tick box is, you know, it's a visual medium. So it, it has to I don't know. It's got to look cool. It's got to look cool. Um, With the exception that like my favorite game of all time, RimWorld looks like shit. Like it really doesn't (laughs) look great. It's, it's brown. There's no animation really. It's very static. Um, So I don't know. That's a funny, uh, funny paradox. (laughs) That's great. But it doesn't mean much. I mean, honestly, if you to my and this is my opinion and my opinion only. But like if you go back and look at, like, say, the first Diablo or quite honestly, even Diablo 2, I don't think there's a lot to write home about. Well, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I I don't know. There is a sense of um, gothic foreboding. I mean, you can you can say, wow, it sure looks pixely or whatever. But like, I don't know. Diablo 1 was scary like it was susp- and, and maybe that maybe we were young we were obviously younger yeah i, I, yeah. Sh- I maybe i've said this on the on the podcast before but diablo was rated m for mature or it was rated 17 plus or 18 plus and i remember not being old enough to get it and having we I, having some sort of conversation probably in a store with my mom and my mom was like all right, fine. You can get like she made some sort of exception, and I, my parents were not sticklers about that. But I, I do have a very specific memory of Diablo One being the first like mature game that I was mm. ever allowed to play. Interesting. Um, okay. And it was you sitting at your giant monitor with headphones on, like in the mine was in the family room, like I was in the living room. So like you were, I was not away from everyone. I was in the middle of the room, headphones on and uh, crawling through an unknown labyrinth with, you know, the butcher being like, 
you know, like that's fair. It was that's spooky. fair. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I I appreciate hearing the different perspective because, you know, there are games I look back at now and I'm like, I don't really know if that was anything to write home about. But, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just maybe my hatred of Blizzard and finding out that they made 50 million dollars oh, off unreal. of poor, sad people spending money on things that don't matter in the game. And, and I, that's all by me. Right. I'm sure many people would be like, that matters a lot. But I just. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's, it's it's the sh- it's the very very short amount of time that they reached a number like that which is the most alarming part oh it's horrific and it's horrific like i could have written about it at work today and i was like please i just i don't want to i don't even want to talk about this no i was like i just don't want to talk about this you know yeah. it's just too awful so yeah no but anyway uh moving on <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. let's see uh, Megalus says, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention Dorf Romantic. I feel like most people know about it already, but if not, please give it a try. It's a super chill city builder with gorgeous visuals, a super relaxing soundtrack, and a great way to wind down from a busy day. So I've heard of this game, but everything about what he just said sounds incredible. So now I'm like, all right, I need to go look this up right now. You got it. Well, so we have we have definitely we have touched on it briefly because I I had played yes. it. Uh, it, it I, I must have brought it up, but also we've talked about it here and there in the Discord as well. And um, I I I can't recommend it enough. It's it's not a this um, game for has me eleven dollars right now. Number one, because you know and, it's hey, the Steam sale is the last day is today, right? Today's the last day and um, spectacular on the Steam Deck. It's it's a perfect Steam Deck game. That the, the controls map really nicely, um, because again, you, you, I don't think you want to sit at your computer and click 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 for this game. But on the couch, it's a beautiful experience. Um, well, I have a is, Steam Deck. Is, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you have if this if this if this looks appealing to you. It's it's a perfect Steam Deck game. So uh, put it, grab it, or put it on your list. Um, it is at its core. It is a puzzle. It's tricky. It's not really a puzzle game because there's not like a solution to the puzzle, but there is an optimal strategy that will unfold before you as you learn the game. So it becomes very, it becomes very mathematical in a way that is very will really scratch the itch for certain kinds of people. And I fully get it. I respect it. I love the game. I think it's a spectacular game. Um, but it, I hit a place where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this now. You know, that, and that's just me. It's not a criticism of the game whatsoever. I got my money's worth and I right. agree with Megalith. It's really wonderful. Right. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, you want to do the next one? I'll grab the next one. Uh, Sky Bergson, friend of the show and occasional uh, host of the co-host or substitute <laughs> host of the show, says, uh, I've got two or three uh, hidden gems. Oh, T-Bat. T-Bat. T-E-A-B-A-T. Uh, Sky was sharing some some of his playing of this in his Discord server. Oh, neat. Uh, a very light Game Boy Color looking expansive oh. platformer. This thing looks um, chaotic and and cool, and that's not a like criticism. It looks very fast, if I'm remembering it correctly. I'm gonna I'm pulling it up it here looks now. Super fast, super fast, and super yeah. As he says, like it, the graphic style looks like Game Boy Color, so not monochrome, but very like very eight bit and very muted 
pastel colors in a in the style of like yeah we've only got eight colors so we're gonna make it look as cool as possible in, in that the way that development was limited in the sort of late 80s early 90s but it this looks like a speedrunner's fever dream in a very cool way yeah i love what this looks like it's it does rad. Look pretty cool and i have to quickly give sky a shout out because i feel like as long as i've been friends with them i've always heard extremely unusual uh game like recommendations from him too. Like he's gifted games to Patrick and we've both Patrick and I have both marveled over like, Whoa, this looks so cool. <laughs> so, so good. I know. Very, very cool. And speaking of, I was just looking at his next recommendation, heaven dust, which, uh, he describes as resident classic resident evil in an isometric perspective. Um, okay. there is very little wholly original to either game besides the ISO view, but is a cool way to play through the Spencer mansion. Um, I just peeked at it and I was like, this looks real fun, like real fun. And it is exactly, it looks exactly like what he describes, but I just think that this looks like something that would be a good time. And the description set for Heaven's Dust 2 says, it's a love letter to classic survival horror games. And I was like, well, I love that. I, I kind of love, I have a very soft spot for the love letter. So uh, I think maybe I might, the, you can buy the bundle of two for 14 bucks. So man, nice. I I'm literally filling my steam card up. This is great. Totally. It's got <laughs> a, um, it, 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 it's funny in the way that T bat looks like game boy color, heaven's dust or heaven dust. I should say, I should make sure we're saying it right. Um, it's got that PS one polygonal vibe, yep. uh, it, a purposeful one. Uh, and it, it looks, uh, I agree. It looks pretty rad with, with the sequel looking a little bit more, ps3 ish but again it's it's that it's right it's the it's a survival horror if you zoomed out the camera and looked down at what you were seeing in mm -hmm. a uh resident evil that's kind of the aesthetic and and that's an interesting take on that mm -hmm. stuff i like it yeah it really is and you know survival horror i just love so yeah gonna yep. probably pick these up uh let's see uh okay tricky love said oh no sorry that's about something else uh, you know what? Actually, I think that might be everything that everybody put in. Yeah, I think we've covered most. It is. Oh, you know what? Um, the, the Stig says, oh, one good underrated game I enjoyed playing back in the day was Total Annihilation. Are you familiar with TA, Total Annihilation? No. It, it's, it's a... It's a very important RTS, if my memory serves. Um, and I'm trying to think back. 97. I it's interesting because I think I think the hardcore RTS community, as we've talked about recently, mm -hmm. um would like if like if if we said Total Annihilation to Ryan who from Frost Giant, who we talked about, he'd be like, Oh yeah, of course I played Total Annihilation. Right. Like, like it's, a, it's a seminal like, game. Right. Um, but it, even as an RTS fanatic to, for myself, um, I didn't, it never crossed my path. It was never, uh, one that I played. Hmm. And I think my, my chant tangential connection to it is that I recall 
the developers of this kind of came back and and made kickstarted or early accessed um, a game called Planetary Annihilation, which was a three dimensional version on three dimensional planetary orbs. And there was something about that aesthetic. That was a game that I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And I either backed the Kickstarter or I bought early or something. I, this was so long ago. And I, and I remember it being like this, this was the next coming of RTS and it didn't hit. Like the community was like, it's fine, but it's not, it wasn't like amazing. And then it kind of faded away. And that's, that's all I know about it. Really. I never got into it all the way. Yeah. Interesting. So basically a piece of history. Yes. Yes. Nice. Indeed. Indeed. And and if, if you want to go back and relive some RTS history, uh, it appears to be $1 and 99 (laughs) cents, at least, at least as of today, uh, maybe typically five bucks, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I just like that these are all available and accessible. Yeah, no, I do too. And I'm also just kind of excited because, uh, you know, when I thought of this idea for the show, I I wasn't thinking about all the great recommendations I was going to get. So now I'm like, ooh, neat. I'm going to buy like eight games tonight because I can. Honestly, like we're not here to like put the effort in. We're here to like get free, you know, recommendations (laughs) and then go to go to go play. Wow. Love it. Love it. All right. All right. All right, you have a big list uh, that I'm very eager to get to, but first we are going to need to take a quick break. Uh, after that, we'll hear Colette's hidden gems right after this. Find inflation the old-fashioned way by spending less money. Check out the HyperX store at Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. Stock up on new gaming gear so you'll be equipped for the new launches and content drops. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't stick around long. We have returned and we have unearthed the gems hidden deep, deep beneath the the Earth's surface and the Steam recommendations. We've we've done the work for you, dear listener. And uh, Colette has some good stuff here, so uh, I'm going to hand it over to you. Why don't you... Why don't you serve us uh, two or three of these? All right, I'll, I'll serve up. So I'll serve up my menu. <laughs> All right. So I'll briefly touch on the first one because I did mention it on this show a while back. But I just want to put some stress on the fact that if you were ever interested in rhythm games or loved a rhythm game in any way, um, especially the, those rhythm games being stuff in the nature of um, Rhythm Tengoku, the Rhythm Heaven series is what it was called in America, um, mm-hmm. stuff like um, Taiko no Tatsujin, which was Taiko Drum Master in America, or even arcade style um uh, rhythm, like pop and music, you mm-hmm. would probably really, really like rhythm doctor. Um, so mm-hmm. rhythm doctor, uh, for those of you who may not have heard this episode or that episode, um, rhythm doctor was actually inspired directly, um, by the rhythm, rhythm Tengoku slash rhythm heaven series. And of course that was all I really needed to hear. I was like, Oh my God, cause I'm <laughs> extremely obsessed with those games. Um, and this was not on your list of, of top five 
most favorite of all time, right? Because I no. know we devoted Mm-mm. a substantial chunk of an episode to this, but it was not like on your big list. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. I, I really only discovered it, uh, I think earlier this year, it came out in February of last year. Um, okay. but I have to say that it is such a delightful, lighthearted game with excellent music that totally all I can say is that the groove that I love so much that I find so addictive about Rhythm Tengoku and Rhythm Heaven games is 100% right nailed in this game, <laughs> but they kind of made it their own. Um, their mm. whole theme was that it's like a rhythm game where you heal patients by um, defil. I can't say the word today. Defilibrating. Oh, okay. Time uh, to their de- heartbeats. De- Defib- defibrillation? defibrillation yes thank you right, defibrillating right, right. oh that's the whole that's the the shtick of the game I did, yes that's funny. exactly so you like you you get them better by like <laughs> yeah by like matching up to the heartbeats and the heartbeats you know often they have arrhythmia or like all these different things <laughs> oh my god yeah what? but it's it's a game that is just and it's interesting because it's also an early access so you can buy it hmm. but oh, wow. like they're working huh. on it actively um but i have really loved what i've played so much and I think it is just an incredibly fun game for rhythm game lovers, rhythm Tengoku lovers, etc. Um, so I'm just going to mention it briefly, even though I've talked about it a great deal on the show, because when it comes to hidden gems, I feel like it's so specific, you know, um, yeah, I don't think yeah, I would totally. have even noticed it if I think I, somewhere uh, somewhere I must have been like reading something about rhythm Tengoku and I was like, I found out like, oh, this game is like, you know, inspired by the Rhythm Tengoku games. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, wow, this game is great. Like really, truly just so, so great. I love it. You you completely educated me about the whole series and genre uh, when you first talked about it. Because like, think about how removed it is from the, the mainstream for sure. But even even the vision of an avid game player or game fan like myself meaning it's a it's in a genre that's pretty small or relegated to a certain pocket of video games and then it's primarily japanese like it was not was it translated or it was primarily in japan like it's it's far away for it's further away from the center of the english speaking audience and oh, then, definitely right and and then it's like um uh it's on that outer cusp and then it's like it's got its fans and it's got its legacy which is a very important in the rhythm world and then here comes like a spiritual successor that you would only be aware of if you were a fan going back to those original games definitely i i i i totally am with you on that and so yes i guess it does fit pretty well into the you know the whole you know gems hidden gems uh, that's why I had to bring it up, even though I was like, ah, oh, I've talked about this before, but it just fits the bill no, too it's well. Perfect. So I had to yep. mention it. It's a good um, reminder. Yeah. And, uh, since we have talked so much about the steam sale, I will say that it is on sale for like 14 bucks and some change. So if is it you, because it's early access? Is it only on PC right now? Is it, I mean, cause like that seems like a good switch situation, it, it, it right? It does, but I think probably it is. I could be wrong. I'd have to look, but I think, mm-hmm. I think maybe they wouldn't want to put it out on those platforms unless they were they were ready you know they felt like they had the full release so i'm i'm glancing and i yeah i see it as uh yeah p mac and pc only right now windows and mac yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that makes sense yeah i i I just there's a 
It's interesting to me that, um, and correct me if I'm mistaken, but PS5 and Xbox do have sort of an early access. I don't know if they call it early access, but there are monikers that denote like, hey, this is an in-development game. And obviously Steam has that and, and Epic has that. But like the idea of an unfinished game in a, in a Nintendo ecosystem seems, you know, uh, sacrilegious. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> And I wouldn't mind, I, I don't know, I wouldn't mind that uh, if, as long as it was clearly labeled and discounted or whatever, the way early access should work. It's like, hey, right. it's not finished, there will be bugs, support us. Like, I, I, I'd go in on something that was well, looked really cool. One quick final note is that I actually, you know, as I like to do, is looking at the, um, the reviews and yep. someone said, this game does not feel like it is in early access. And I really agree right. with that. Like what I've played mm-hmm. of it, it is very much felt to me like a game that is not in early access either. I feel like right. it feels very polished. Now I haven't finished it. So I will say that like, perhaps if I finished it, I would feel the difference, but, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really, really great. So, I mean, even if you haven't finished it, you've gotten your money's worth and you've, you've yeah. said, well, this is like a, a fine, fantastic top tier experience mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that I love. So like, what, what else do you need? So yeah, I love no, it. all the way, all the way. I totally, totally say that. Um, so yeah, so that's my number one. Um, my number two is, uh, a game called to the moon. To the Moon is a um, an RPG that I discovered in, gosh, I want to say probably like 2000, I think 2000, well, it might have been 2011. I thought I played it earlier, but I guess I was wrong. But um, To the Moon is made by a developer called Freebird Games. And Freebird Games is one guy named Con Gao, who I was lucky enough to meet um, mm. back in my days when I was doing game writing and I was going to like PAX and E3 and stuff like that. I think he was introduced to me. I think I met him at MAGFest actually, but I, it was like a friend of a friend introduction. And he has always made these beautiful like evocative, like story driven games, I guess you'd call them RPGs or adventure game. No, nah, actually mm-hmm. I take it back. I, I, I wouldn't call it an RPG cause there's no turn-based battles. It's really very, it's just story driven story centric right. experience, but mm-hmm. to the moon is a story about two doctors who are caring for a man who's dying. And in the game, they travel backwards through his memories so they can artificially fulfill the last wish he's ever, he ever had hmm. before he dies. So hmm. as you can tell, hmm. you know, because of the the topic matter, it's, it's very, it's very poetic, very beautiful. I don't know what he made this game on, but if I look at it at a glance to me, it really seems like he might've used RPG maker or something like it. I was about to ask that. Yeah. 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 Or this, right. Yeah. Hmm. So, oh, and I forgot. He also composes all the music for his own game. So it's a beautiful Amazing. score. It's a beautiful game. At a glance, if you know you enjoyed like uh, Super Nintendo era graphics, you would enjoy it. That's what it basically looks like a Super Nintendo era mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just an emotional, beautiful, poignant game that like I really have never forgotten. Um, after all these years, it, it really has stuck with me. He's made a few other games. I like them all a lot, but I don't, I think to the moon is easy, easily my most favorite. Um, it is on steam and it is a dollar and 99 cents. 
As of this recording, yeah, it's eighty percent <laughs> off right now. Honestly, well, it's old. It's this, really old, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's combat free. You know, it's that type of game. Yeah. It's a story centric combat free game. Um, he describes it in the page as an innovative mix between adventure game and classic RPG aesthetics. So it's you would like it, you know, if you played SR, uh, not SRPGs, um, Super Nintendo era RPGs. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely hits in that way. Um, beautiful writing, beautiful he, writing. Yep. Like, and I'm sure you are, have glanced at this, but every, every review, at least the top reviews are like, I'm crying. I can't, this is why can't I stop crying this? I may, I'm a grown man and, and I'm sobbing at this game. Like it's his, clearly, a very yeah. his powerful. writing is so beautiful, so beautiful. And I was actually really excited because after a big hiatus, um, he came out with another game, which is much more comedic in nature called imposter factory, <laughs> which I bought <laughs> and, uh, I played, I didn't finish it. I, I played some of it and I was like, God, I love how like his style never really changes, but imposter factory, is he calls it a tragic comedy murder mystery but it's like funny so i need i really need to go back to that because it's just oh gosh that was really good too um but yeah he has three or four i think games on steam and all of them are like <laughs> like i don't think anything costs more than like seven dollars <laughs> yeah I mean, you can buy the whole there's a whole bundle here which might be mm-hmm. all the games mm-hmm. uh, there's no dlc for this right oh it's uh, like soundtracks and stuff. i think it was just the soundtracks yeah but yeah, yeah yeah wonderful i don't know if any of these games ever made it to um made it to switch and stuff i think maybe he might have right. kept his games just you know in places like this so um, fascinating but yeah just oh my gosh just wonderful Wonderful. So, um, yes, if you like, if you like emotional story centric games, I I definitely think this would be a game for you listener. Oh, it's on the switch. It is on the switch. Hold on. Oh, that's so nice. Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, iOS, which is, that's great. You can play it right on mobile and it is on switch. So here's my main question as an RPG and, uh, SNES fan, of course, you say no combat which is fine by me that's not any that doesn't matter but is it i mean is it basically a visual novel where you're just walking through story beats or there are choices and game Mm -hmm. mechanics like can you elaborate more without spoiling anything well the problem is i haven't played the game in a really fucking long time but you are gonna (laughs) like take actions and like you know move through lots of moments like you do have to make i think there's dialogue decisions i believe okay Mm -hmm. but it's just once again it's been a really really long time but um i might personally i feel like you know especially for a dollar 99 i would highly recommend it (laughs) love it yeah you're you this might be this might be one to that i will just drop in the cart and and snag especially because it's it's 80 percent off right right now and uh As I recall, too, I think, I think that, hold on, I'm just looking to try to make sure. As I recall, I think that it's a game that you can play in like four or five hours. Mm -hmm, I don't think it's that long either. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, A lovely lovely game. A truly lovely game. All right. Um, what else yeah. you got? So, um, speaking of story-driven emotional games, 
<laughs> Thinking about uh, To the Moon also made me think about another game I truly, truly loved. And I wonder if some folks here might actually know this one just because I, I don't want to say it's like tiny, but I, I do think that maybe because of the person that made it, it might have gotten a little bit more exposure. So the game's called Raccoon, and it was created by uh, Laura Shigihara. If you do not know who Lori Shigahara is, um, you probably would remember her best. She's a Japanese-American singer-songwriter um, that has done uh, music. You, like, you would remember her, her, her voice in a minute. She has a beautiful voice. Hmm. But um, she has done music for um, the Plants vs. Zombie versus mm. zombies games and mm -hmm. she also did an original song for to the moon called everything's all right which is how i first discovered her oh okay so i i'm assuming that she and con Gao, the guy who made to the moon were friends um mm -hmm. but she's great i love her and she and i have been friendly now for many many years um nice. So she made a game in 2017 called Raccoon, um, and she used mm -hmm. RPG Maker. So similar to what I said a minute ago. Oh, really? You know mm -hmm. why? Because like I'm I'm looking at it, and and I I will share something uh, funny about this game in a moment. But you can spot an RPG Maker game from a mile away, sure. and I would never peg this one as one of those. Oh, it's really? so. It's got, I don't know, I think it has a very distinct art style that, that feels like its own thing. So kudos That's to uh, breaking the mold. That's true. That's a very good point. It, it kind of does. Um, I don't know who did the art for it. I don't know if maybe she did that too. She's so talented. Mm -hmm. Like I would not be like surprised at all. So a bit like To the Moon, actually. Um, Raccoon is a game about... Um, a little boy, he is in a hospital and he is very sick. And he asks his mom to go to a fantasy world that he's seen in his favorite storybook because he wants to ask the guardian of the forest that is in his storybook to grant him a wish. So you will play the boy through the course of the game and come into interactions with lots of different people. Um, this game is so good. <laughs> like, like, I can't begin to tell you how fucking good this game is. It's beautiful. It's poignant. It's, it's, I remember being just bowled over by everything mm. about it, by the quality, by the, by the storytelling, by the music, by the art. Like, it's such a human game like a heartwarming mm -hmm. human game that you play. And while it does have puzzles, it, it's non-combat, but it does have like puzzles and like kind of dialogue based, like mysteries that you kind of have to solve. Um, but it's really about getting to know the characters and learning things about their lives. Uh, and Is actually, one... <laughs> if you scroll down, it's literally the exact same kind of reviews. It's cry simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hold back my tears. I'm emotionally devastated. Anyway, lots of the same types of things. Obviously, you can tell I really, I really like these types of games, but uh, I highly, highly recommend this one as well, especially if To the Moon sounded like appealing to you. I also highly recommend Raccoon as well. I might replay Raccoon, it. Raccoon Prepare to Cry Edition, mm -hmm. which is oh, a play, it's, which it's, is a... It's spelled R-A-K-U-E-N. I know it sounds a bit different when I say it, but I just want to spell it if anybody's looking. And I just realized mm -hmm. that this game came out on my birthday. 
Hey. I know. So nice. I love that. I didn't know that it came out on my birthday. I love discovering little things like that. <laughs> now, this I I'm conflating this with an, some other game that I swear you might have recommended to me or maybe you recommended me this and I, and I and I um am conflating with something something else, but like th- there's not a sh- this is there's no shopkeeping stuff going on there's no. there's no like get Mm-mm. stuff and sell it in the shop okay i'm no i no. might be confusing this with something else i would call to the moon and raccoon kind of like the era before like the peaceful wholesome farming game these were like the yes. wholesome games before those wholesome games right if that makes sense yep. mm-hmm yeah. Also, as a side note, if you play Raccoon and you're like, oh, my God, this 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 woman's like singing voice is so beautiful because like no one sounds like Laura Shigihara. No hmm. one. Hmm. You will hear her voice and go, oh, wow. She also is a Twitch streamer and she plays all her music on her Twitch screen stream. And it is so nice. Sounds great. I feel like I've I've uh, I've. I've ranted a lot in this conversation. No, not at all. Uh, for the record, <laughs> I'm confusing this with Reseteer. I'm sh- probably saying that wrong, which I don't I don't know why those two are conflated in my mind, but uh, they are not the same at all. But, How is uh, my that brain one wants spelled? R-E-C-E-T-T-E-A-R. Um, my understanding uh, okay. of this is like... It's it's the it's kind of like the original Moonlighter. Not saying that they're the same, but like this is a, seems to be a Japanese RPG where you run a sh- you run, a, you run shop a shop and maybe you like you run a medieval item shop. So you, right. maybe you're going into dungeons to get cool loot and mm-hmm. then you sell it and and that's that's the loop of Moonlighter as well, which I really loved. Except it performed like butt duty poops on um, <laughs> on Switch, so I so I stopped playing it. That's another story. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yes, my list continues. Um, I've only got a few more. So cool. um, the next list, the next game on my list is Watam. I feel like mm-hmm. I hope that maybe more people might know what Watam is. But if you're like, I have no clue what that is. Um, Watam, if you ever played Katamari Damacy, which plenty of people have played, Watam was mm-hmm. made by Kate Takahashi, who created it. Okay. But unlike Katamari, like a lot of the aesthetics and kind of the silly lightheartedness are present, but what Tom is just so much weirder. Like hmm. if you go look at it on Steam, they describe it as the ultimate goof around simulation simulation. Like you have uh, little okay. goals, but like everything about it is just so delightfully strange. Like it it opens up and like you're you're with all these adorable little weird characters and then like they all have faces and you're doing things with them so like there's like a character that's just a mouth with a tongue hanging out and there's a character that's a nose and there's a character that's a toilet and there are characters that are little poops but they all have little faces and like you're doing things like (laughs) stacking them up and like trying to get to the top of higher things and this game is a fucking delight. Like, honestly, I should fire this game up because this is the kind of game where if you feel hopeless about humanity, you put this game on and you're like, you're like, you know, I, I, I do feel, I do feel like life is hopeless, but all something about this game is just so delightful that you could forget about that for a little while. Right. It's, <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. You're like, you know what? I'm a golden poop with a face and I'm going to steal <laughs> 
hat from the nose and I'm going to put it on <laughs> and then I'm going to go and I'm going to stand on top of the bidet and then I'm going to flush myself down the bidet and the bidet is going to be happy because I flushed myself down it. Mm-hmm. And all this is set to like delightful music. And it's, you know, it's not, it, it, it is, it is a game. It is just, <laughs> this is such a hard game to put into words. Like, right. will you continue playing it? Maybe not. I don't know. But like, if you fire it up, I'm pretty sure you'll be like, I've never played anything like this before. Like it's I'm, just, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> it's not on switch because it this is be. the kind of nonsense that needs to be on my television that the kids oh can my play God, the too. Kids you know would what I mean? die. Because there's no, yeah. like, it's not like, okay. Like you do have things that it'll be like, Oh, you should do this next or you should do this next. Like you do have yeah. those things. Uh-huh. Oh, it's on PlayStation. I don't know if you guys have a PlayStation, but if you if you did, we, you we, could play we it on do that. Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um, mean, I can I can stream I can stream it to the TV. It's uh, it's always this calculus of like, oh, if the kids would like this, then um, then I want them to be able to like be able to access it, and they cannot access my PC or the Steam Deck gotcha. for obvious reasons. Gotcha. So I can show it to them and play it kind of for them or with them, but they can't like turn it on and, and have fun. So it's, yeah, but anyway, they would probably want to play the characters, but like, you know, yeah. it's just, it's not a game where you play and you're like, Oh, I need to do this. Okay. I need to make progress. No, you really don't. You just need to just do silly things with weird characters. It. And it's just incredibly different. And I love it. I've been a huge Keita Takahashi fan ever since Katamari. And so I've like followed everything else he's done and everything else he's done has just been like, you know, I mean, it's every bit as weird as Katamari is, but I feel like it's not quite as digestible in like, like it doesn't, it's a game, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit like game standards. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like, Oh, I have all these things to do. It's like, let's just do silly things and just fuck around. <laughs> I loved the aesthetic and the idea of Katamari, but as I probably have told you here, the controls were incredibly frustrating. I right. found myself feeling bad and annoyed. Like you want to play a game like that and be like, "Woo, I'm zipping over here and I'm rolling over here and I'm doing, oh, that's a cool. But instead I was like, fuck this fucking fuck this stupid yeah, shit. And, no. and that was just shitty. It was a shitty experience. So my question is like, is that, is any of that nonsense happening here? Or is it like, diff- is it totally different? Like control yeah. wise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the original Katamari games on PS2 and PS3 did not have those issues. But as mm-hmm. I recall, when the remastered version came out for Switch, I tried playing it and I had the same issues with the controls. I had my hmm. own issues with the controls, actually. So I had a, hmm. a tough time playing it because you move the Katamari by pressing the two sticks forward or back. And I had yeah. a hard time with the sticks not being aligned. So like, all yes, this, all, yeah, that yeah. Was it. so I, what <laughs> my my dear husband bought a dongle to allow me to plug oh, it into, the, into the switch. Yes. And allow me to play with what, what at that time I think was a PlayStation 4 controller. And it was fine hmm. for me with hmm. a regular controller where the sticks were aligned. But when the sticks were were on different alignments on the switch. I couldn't play it. Like it felt cause you know, I mean like it's just not that often you play a game where you need to use both sticks in a specific fashion that like, yes. feel like you're driving. Like, yeah. Like, 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 right. Like gas and brake or like gas and mm-hmm. reverse or something, which, you know, there, I, there are other ga- controller setups that do that. Mm-hmm. Just something about the way it was implemented made me 
I, my brain was confused all the time. So in this, in I always read it as Watam, but you're saying Watam. It like could how be. Would you, I, do you know I how think to say it's, it? I, I, I mean, I'm sure that if I was to watch a trailer, I would hear the real pronouncement of it. But I, I honestly, I'm not sure. Um, sure. It, it but could it, be but either. In, in this one, like, hopefully, it does not suffer from weird control schemes. It's more sort not of straightforward. To me. I mean, I, I don't really okay. feel like there was a ton. You know, there's not like complicated controls to really be like responsible for. You're really like, I'm running over to the toilet. I'm flushing myself (laughs) down the toilet. Like, I mean, it's it's really very. Yeah, it's very simple. Very simple. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh man. So I'm wish f- I'm wish listing things left and right. It's fucking <laughs> chaos over this here. Is, this is going to be great. This entire this entire conversation. <laughs> I I am voting already that we do a a, a chapter two and maybe even a chapter three. But okay. to finish my part of chapter one, the last game I'm yes, going to mention is Moss, which I think that a lot of people have probably heard of. But I chose to put it as a part of the conversation because I felt really strongly like this is one of those games that you might have heard of, but you probably haven't played because not a lot of people have adopted VR. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was really important to bring up what a superlative fucking game this is and how Mm -hmm. like, I I desperately wish that there was like any other way to play it. Like I wish that it was available in a console version in some ways, but then in other ways I'm like, man, it would just that, would not be the it same. Just would, it's yeah. I mean, like it's, it's obviously a spectacular game, but like the, the reason it is great is because of the VR ness of it. I, I don't think I, that's I, the I only reason, but I think that's okay. like one of, one of the reasons, you know, okay. but like, I feel like when people say, well, you know, what's Moss like? And I'm kind of like, well, if you could mash together, like the secret of Nim with like, a mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli universe mm. and then kind of like maybe, I don't know, like pack some like little bits of like dark crystal in it. Like, like you, mm-hmm. you kind, that's kind of what describing Moss is like to me. And like, I love all of those elements so much that it's no shock yes. to me that I'm like, Oh my God. Like, of course I adored this game, you know, but there's something about, <sighs> Do I, I, you should talk more about the game, but aesthetically and story-wise, yes, those yes. are the, those are those special ingredients and that yes. is perfect. I love, I love that description, mm-hmm. but like you should talk about the gameplay because, because I do, I do feel there is something about looking, there's a thousand, you know, top down games. Like obviously you could, that's, that's not a, not a genre, but it's a, a perspective where you're looking down on your character is mm-hmm. nothing, is nothing new, but no. there is something about looking down in VR at a diorama scene and then touching, touching your character or touching objects or sure. moving a log across the, that, that to me was the, um, was the charm of it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I see your point. Um, you know, Moss looks as if you play the role of a heroic mouse that is navigating, uh, this kind of fantasy centric world, but in reality, you're watching the mouse because Mm -hmm. you're playing a spirit that kind of looks to me a little bit like no face from spirited away. Huh. Oh, okay. I don't remember your your character having a a bot like a 
like a persona. I only, mm-hmm. and, and forgive me because I played it, I played it in VR on my previous PC. And when that PC died, I never, I like, I did not reinstall it on this one. So I sort of, I stopped maybe three levels in, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the very first scene is you, your character, right? This no face esque character, um, mm-hmm. discovering, discovering Quill and Quill is the mouse. And yep. so right off the bat, I was like, this has like big Ghibli vibes, you know? Yeah. Okay. I didn't remember that, but, but go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically like, yeah, she, you know, she has to of course be, you know, set off on an adventure. So she goes exploring the woods. She finds a mysterious item. And then like the next thing you know, her uncle's in danger and she has to go on this like epic journey and, and you go with her. But when I say mm-hmm. you go with her, it doesn't appear as like a second character. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to like, put this that a, makes sense. A spirit, a spirit guide. You're a, like a, a spirit a, guide. A, right, right. Exactly. It's, so it's a, not exactly apt, but you're playing Ocarina of time, but you are Navi instead of link. Oh uh, yeah. No, that's actually great. That's that's it's not, you're right. It's not a perfect it's not comparison, perfect. but it's, pretty, it's not a one to one. It's pretty helpful. Um, okay. so yeah, it just, you know, in a class of its own, so deeply enjoyable, um, you know, completely checks all the boxes of all the kind of fantasy things that I like. Like, um, you know, when I say that, I, I, I mean, you know, not fantasy like game of game of Thrones, but fantasy, like the era I grew up in, which was like labyrinth, the dark crystal, um, Hmm. the last unicorn, um, the secret of Nim, that entire like era of like fantasy was very different. I love secret of Nim. I was looking for something to watch with so much. I I, thank you for reminding me that exists because I remember adoring it. And then we were looking for something to watch with the kids the other day. And I, I, you scrolling through streaming sites services is never uh, useful. So like now I'm like (laughs) secret of Nim, like we gotta like bookmark that and come yeah, back to no, it. So that's, 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 that's a it. classic. Absolutely recommend it. And actually if they, if they like animated films, I would probably have so many more for you, but a recent one that I would definitely recommend showing your kids is bell B E L L E. That's okay. been my favorite movie of the year so far. It's wow. an anime okay. film. Is that okay. And that's, that's new. Like it's a newer, a newer release. Mm-hmm. It just came to streaming. Uh, I think it just came to streaming like a few months ago, but highly Great. recommended. We've talked about it in the discord before. Okay, perfect. Uh, I will make a note of that side note. Have you seen, um, uh, uh, the newest 3d CGI Ghibli movie? Uh, is it called earwig something? Am I remembering that right? <laughs> You're right. And we can look it up. I actually avoided it because number one, it was made by um, Miyazaki's son, which you would think would be a great right. thing. Um, yeah, uh, Goro. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have historically and the witch. Yeah, I have historically not liked the stuff that he's done in comparison to the stuff his dad's done. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that I think he's done that I've been like, oh yeah, I really like connected to that was. Um, Tales from Earthsea, which is quite old, like very old yes. Ghibli. Um, but I tend, I, I think he's trying to differentiate himself from his dad. And like, I think it's really sad that like, 
like Earwig and the Witch was like so panned, so panned. Is that right? Okay. Badly, badly. Like I think if you if you Uh, look up critics or by or by Ghibli fans. Uh, probably both. I guess it's got a twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If that gives you a a vibe, but I don't. It it was also based on um, a novel by the same writer that wrote Howl's Moving Castle. So it Hmm. it it should have made sense. But basically, like when I read all the reviews, because I was I was a bit reserved. Um, Mm -hmm. but when I read all the reviews, they were just basically like, this just doesn't feel like. A Ghibli movie and I that's kind of tough right because it's like well <sighs> Miyazaki and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here but Miyazaki has always been kind of anti like using like CGI in his films like Ghibli right. films have been mostly hand drawn for the majority they, they supplement mm-hmm. with some CG now sure but, but I mean, it all the, but it looks it has an S it, it's even the computer stuff looks uh native to the 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 hand-drawn stuff it looks it looks appropriate you know I don't know I don't know how to describe it but I think you know what I mean Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's it's the only Ghibli film that I've never seen. Super interesting. And I guess I, and it's hard to ask you because you haven't seen it, but I wonder it's like, do people not like it because it's like you're comparing it to like the Mount Rushmore of animation. So it's like it's not as good as spirited away. So it sucks. Like I, you know, that's right, what I'm right. wondering. It, it'd be really easy to be a hater. And I was, I was reserved. I was like, well, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. But like when I watched the trailer, I was like, this doesn't really look like something I want to watch. You know? Mm, yeah, I know. I had, I had the same, nothing about the aesthetic or the, or the setting was like, mm-hmm. Ooh, it just seemed, I don't know. Yeah, didn't I just seem didn't inviting. feel attracted to it. And I was like, hmm, yeah. well, you know, okay, you know, I'll see how things go. And then I started seeing these absolutely just really rough reviews coming out. And nice. I was like, okay. I'm probably going to steer, steer clear. So yeah, total, t- totally went off on a minor, um, minor rant there, but, uh, but no, yeah. no. Well, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to keep you there, but tales from Earthsea, uh, there is something about that that appeals to me. And, uh, my, my view of it is a little bit colored by one of our colleagues who, you know, who we, I, we were actually doing a Ghibli like stack rank, uh, at work a while back. It was for a video and he like ranked them all like worst to best. And he, he just had, he said, Earthsea is fine, but it doesn't shine the way the others do. So he ranked it very low. And mm-hmm. I guess that's always been in the back of my mind as like, oh, maybe maybe it's not one to like, because I, you know, the kids will be bored if it's if it's not like whiz bang. So I, so what do you, you, you mentioned it and you mentioned liking it, perhaps loving it. Is it, is it worth uh, the effort? Well, so I think one thing that's important to know about it just from a science fiction perspective is that um, it's based on um, some plot points and characters from the first four Ursula Le Guin Earthsea books. So that's what it comes from, just, you know, uh, from, you know, a sci-fi fandom perspective. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. When I saw it, I had not ever seen, I had not read Earthsea, so I wasn't Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with it the way that many people might go into it, um, you know, knowing the Ursula Le Guin uh, stories already. Um, I don't think it's bad. I think it's worth watching. I don't know if I think I don't know that I would say it would necessarily keep children's attention. The I do think that unlike a lot of Ghibli movies, the story tends to get a little um, into the weeds. It tends to get a little dense. 
Okay. Um, but I but maybe I'm asking more for myself of like if it is pretty, you know, if it's harder sci-fi, uh, then I'm like, okay, I'm listening. Like if it's if it gets gritty and, and gritty in the weeds in a sci-fi way and is still a good story or a good movie, then uh I could I could dig that. I yeah, I mean, board. I think and it's hard, right? Because it's like one of those things where like the Arthur like had like mixed feelings about it and made that like that made that like clear like hmm. in public so like that was weird like you know it's always weird oh, interesting like uh the only movie that it's not really bugged me that like the 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 writer did not necessarily agree with it or vibe with it i think mm-hmm. has been um the shining because i do hmm. appreciate both adaptions and love them i don't know if equally is right but i i love both mm. a lot yeah um, interesting but yeah, I, I don't know that I would necessarily say Earthsea is bad on any level. I just I just think that it's not necessarily something I would yank out and show to my kid. I'd show my kids Belle right, first. Right, right. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard of Belle. Is it? Um, oh, you will. <laughs> yeah. But is it where, who makes it? Is it, is it Disney? Is it, is it, um, uh, oh, you said it was anime, right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Belle, Belle is anime and, um, it was made by, oh my God. Uh, Mamoru Hosoda was the creator. He made, um, uh, he's known for a series of, of really great anime films. Um, the man who, sorry, the girl who leapt through time, the boy and the beast, summer wars, stuff that I've like been watching over the years. And I've always okay. liked his stuff. It's always been really beautiful, but I have to say that I think Bella is my favorite thing he's ever made. I love it a ma- so a much. It to me, it's okay, an great. absolute masterpiece. And I think, I think that, I think that kids can enjoy it. And I think that adults will enjoy it, which I think to me, that's always like the crowning mark of every. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it's perfect for both. So yep. excellent. That's, that's my take. Uh, yeah. I like this. I'm just looking up where to stream it. And, uh, right. Is Bella Ghibli movie? No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not, but it's understandable that people might confuse it. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, it looks like maybe G kids is distributing G-Kids is a distributor. It, so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, why I, there's confusion around I bought my it. physical DVD copy of it or Blu-ray copy of it, ah, I should say, because I wanted the packaging. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you can stream it and like all that stuff. Yeah, very pretty. I'm looking at some some stills here. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. It's, it's I'm fantastic. Sorry, I, I, I took you far afield with Moss because you reminded me of Secret of Nim. Uh, did that's you have okay. any other uh, closing <laughs> thoughts about th- this wonderful, uh, beautiful game? Well, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it the whole list, right? It's like lots of really good things to play. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to dig too much deeper um, into any of it at this point, but I, I do have to say for sure that I think that it would be terrific for us to um, potentially dig back into uh, Hidden Gems Volume 2. I think that'd be fun. Volume 2. Yeah. Yep, and uh, we'll maybe we'll get some more suggestions or bring on a guest or someone. Yeah, to, uh, that'd be great to, to, to dive down with us. So yeah, we'll uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, we do need to take uh, yet another break, uh, but when we come back, I have one definite one, and and maybe maybe another drop in the bucket here if we have time. So stick around. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. Mm-hmm. 
Pay attention, people. Prime Day is coming. This is not a drill. You can check out the HyperX store on a little website that I like to call Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on, write this down, calendar, July 12th and July 13th. Stock up on the latest gaming gear from HyperX so you'll be ready for all the new launches and content drops this summer. We've been over this. Tons of games are coming out very soon, so be ready. Mark your calendars. Set an alarm. You can put that on your phone now. We have the technology because deals like this won't be around long. Check out the HyperX store on Amazon.com July 12th and 13th for those great deals. We have returned Hidden Gems that we love, volume one of one, perhaps one of two. We'll see uh, mm-hmm. what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I would like to share a, a, a gem with you that uh, I have been playing recently, this past week, and uh, it's really special. It's really unique. It's something... It's something that I'm going to have to take you on a little journey to try to explain because uh, I'm finding it very hard to find the words to explain how this game works. It is mm-hmm. called Potion Craft, Al- Ooh, an Alchemist Simulator. I've been looking simulator. at this game. I've been looking. Right? You know. You know. I um, haven't bought it. I, I haven't to- bought it yet, but I've been like staring at it. Yeah, right? Because it's beautiful, as we talked about aesthetics. Um, I recall... Uh, I recall when I, it's been on my wish list for some time. It is still in early access, but I believe it's very close to being feature complete. There's a couple things that they're going to be adding in. Um, but I do recall seeing Pat on, uh, I, like, you know, when you're on Steam and it's like your friend Patrick w- w- wants this game or bought this game or something. Like, I, it clearly was on his radar and it was on your radar as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you that it is uh, really special and really uh. unique. So, I'm going to, tr- well, let me, I'll just quickly establish the, the, the set the stage for you here. Um, a 2D, it looks like uh, a medieval manuscript page. Uh, yes. it is, it, it's this beautiful hand-drawn aesthetic where it's all, it looks like parchment and all the characters and the ingredients and the uh, alchemical apparatus. It's all like hand-drawn on this thing and it's all 2D. And so immediately you look at it and you're like, oh, th- I ha- what is this? I have to see this. There, I can't most games you're like oh it kind of looks like this mixed with that and it oh it kind of looks like this super nintendo meets whatever it's one of those games that when you see it 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 it, it instantly is like oh it's that one it's potion craft it's mm, it's that thing yes right? yes so it grabs your eye um and so the loop of this game is that you um you g- grab ingredients from your uh, garden herbs mushrooms stones uh different types of flowers and you can also buy ingredients from traveling merchants and your goal is to create potions and then sell them to customers at your shop with very specific needs so 
a a soldier will come and say like, oh, there was a big battle and I got, you know, I fell, uh, fell on my elbow and now I need a, a bomb. Do you have any healing, anything that will heal? And so you concoct a healing potion and then you sell it to them and you can haggle over the price. And then you're trying to get the most money. You're trying to create the most viable or strongest potion you can and sell it for the most money. And then someone will be like, I'm about to, there's a monster in the woods and it breathes fire. So if I could... If there was some way to repel fire, then I'd be able to get that monster. And you're like, all right, let me see what I okay. If I go over here, I can brew, I can brew uh, an ice potion and sell it to this guy. And he's like, yes, that's what I want, and I'll give you fifty gold pieces. So that's the <laughs> loop of the game. And that's not why the game is special. That's just kind of like how you make money and progress and all that good stuff. Now, crafting in a game, crafting a potion in a video game in every other video game is like, I'm going to get this thing and I'm going to get that thing and I'm going to put them together. And that's the recipe for the potion, right? Or for the item, right? And some games, it gets a little more complex. Maybe you got to put the ingredient, these two ingredients go on top and then you put this ingredient on the bottom and that makes the thing, you know, Minecraft is that way where you're trying to assemble uh, the object or whatever. I have never, this game is about crafting or it's about brewing, right? I've never seen a crafting system like this before. And I'm going to attempt to explain something to you and to our listeners that you really just have to see to understand. And so what I'm saying to you is I'm probably going to fail at explaining (laughs) how the crafting system works. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to try. So... You're in your lab and you've got a mortar and pestle, which is how you grind up the herbs. You've got a big old pot where you put the the ingredients in and stir them around. You've got a a water. Uh, You can add water to the mixture and that has uh, important ramifications. And then you have a bellows where you can heat up the potion. Uh, You can heat up the cauldron that you've just put ingredients into to like heat it up and make the potion. Now, on the screen in front of you is essentially a map and you always start in the center of the map there's a potion bottle that has nothing in it or it 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 sort of does but it's like or it's basically water your base is water and in the center of the map is a bottle and all around the map there are little books and stuff and so you can kind of as you move along the map, you're gaining little experience points and there's also hazards on the map and also on the map is the like the destination and it's you start out and there's like oh down to the if i go a little bit to the right and i go down to the right you know there's a there's a mystery potion so if i reach that point i will discover the recipe for a potion but what is interesting and different about this game is that combining the hibiscus flower with the fire root and make it that that recipe is not the ult that's not the 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 be all end all recipe for the potion it's not about combining specific ingredients it's about getting from point a to point b so on the map as you hover over ingredients you see the pathway that the ingredient will take you so what it is is it'll draw a dotted line from you the, the, the potion bottle to a space on the map. So th- ingredient A will go zigzaggy to the right and ingredient B will go down and then curve to the left and ingredient C will go in a big spiral loop and whatever. And what you're trying to do 
is you're trying to combine ingredients at the right in the right sequence to reach specific points on the map or it's more like a chart to then land exactly in the right position where you will either unlock or learn a potion or rebrew a potion you already know but you're trying to make it better or more precise or whatever and it's so hard to explain why this is special and unique but what the result is that you really feel like you are in a lab being like okay if i add a little bit of this and i grind it up but i don't want to grind it too much because if i grind it too much i'm going to go a little too far to the right so i'm going to grind okay stop there all right let me throw that into the cauldron then i'm going to stir the cauldron so my potion marker moves a little bit to the okay perfect now i'm perfectly lined up now i can't go I can't go straight down because I, there's a there's a hazard. There's like a bone pile or something. And if you cross into the hazard zone, you fail and you lose the ingredients. So, okay, I'm right above the hazard. So now if I add this flower, this flower is going to curve around the bones. And if I, if I drop it into the pot, I will curve halfway. But if I grind it up first, I'm going to curve all the way around. So I grind it up, put it in the pot, stir it up. Okay. Whoo. I made it around the bones. And now right below me is, is the potion unlock. So now I need a, I need an ingredient that's going to make me go straight down. Okay. Well, this one goes zigzaggy down but this one kind of goes right and then it goes down so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to grind up this thing that really kind of overshoots the area that i want to be in so i'm grind 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 okay i'm past the potion marker i've 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 missed it i've messed up but then i overshoot it i stop i throw it in the cauldron i mix 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 and now i'm going to add water back to the recipe. So I add water, which then brings the potion bottle. It reverses it, not along the path that you came, but it goes directly back to the center point. And it's I'm, it's very hard to explain this, but it's like you overshoot the target purposefully so that you can add the water back and you sort of go backwards and you inch, inch, inch. Oh, okay. I hit the target. Now I'm sort of on the periphery of the potion zone and it's brewing a strength one potion. If I can nudge it a little bit back, I can get a strength two. And what I really want is a strength three because that's the most valuable. It's like a, a strong potion of lightning or whatever it is. And you have to be very, very precise. You're adding water, you're adding water. Oh, 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 shit. I went a little too far. Okay. Wow. I can settle. I can settle for the strength too. Or maybe I have another ingredient that can kind of nudge it back. So it's this, it's like you're doing chemistry and you're experimenting, nudging, dropping, grinding. Okay. 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 You figure it out. You find a place where you're like, all right, well, I can either waste more ingredients or I can settle for this strength or I can unlock this, whatever. You create the potion. You've discovered it's an ice potion. Awesome. So now you have an ice potion. And what you can do there is you can bookmark the recipe in your like potion book, right? So from mm -hmm. there, what it will do is it will say, okay, the exact course of action that you just took, which was add this ingredient, move to the right, stir it up, heat it, move it back, add a little water. That exact sequence can now be duplicated 
as much as you want, as long as you have all those ingredients. So if someone comes and says, I want an ice potion, you go back and be like, boom, instant ice potion. Now, why that is interesting is because the path you took to get to the ice potion zone might not be the optimal path. It might have been zigzaggy. You might have wasted ingredients. You might have had to backtrack. So you can always make another ice potion, but in an in, in, in a suboptimal way. So it's like this shortcut that lets you make it again, but you as you get more experience, and I don't mean like gaining experience points, you can, there's a, there's a system there. But as you get better at the game, you're like, huh, well, I already know how to make an ice potion, but if I try it again, now that I have more different ingredients. Okay, now I bought a mushroom from the vendor that has like a swirly pattern, which means I can get around the bones much faster, more efficiently. So what you start to realize is like fire herb plus hibiscus plus mushroom can get you to ice potion, but mushroom plus flower can also get you to ice potion way more efficiently. So now Ah. you're like, oh, I can do this with less ingredients or I can do this with less expensive ingredients or I can buy a very expensive ingredients, but I only need to use one of them to get to the same result. So it's, again, it's like this chemistry that you're doing. And then on top of that, there's all these layers of like, hey, this guy comes to your shop and he wants a potion he wants a poison or say oh there's rats in my cellar i want to poison them and get rid of them well i already i know how to make a poison potion i've made six poison potions but i don't have any more and i don't have the right ingredients to get to the poison place on the map so Mm. you're like sorry dude i i can't give you a poison potion and he's and then the 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 customer is like ah, shit, and then walks away and you sort of lose reputation as if you are unable to serve your customers, there's a push and pull of like reputation. So there's this interesting balance of like, I need to experiment and create wacky, crazy concoctions to explore and expand the map. You don't know what's on the map. There's like a fog of war. So you have to like throw a bunch of crazy shit in the cauldron and just go nuts in order to see like i've exp- like customers will come and be like i would like a lightning potion please and i'm like I-, I don't know where that is i don't know how to make it i don't know where it is on the map so i either have to turn them down or i have to say huh well like up up to the like the far left there seems to be like a pathway there where I think there's probably another potion to unlock. Let me just figure out how to get there. And you like dump a bunch of shit in there and you're like moving your way slowly, slowly. And then you get there and you unlock it. And it's like, whoa, it's a mana potion. Doesn't help me with this customer, but now I know how to how to make that. I know where it is on the map. And again, I have never seen anything like this. It is the most unique crafting system I've ever seen. And you know what actually is occurring to me as I've been playing it more is like it's it's kind of a it's kind of a roguelike meaning huh. it's a crafting game but moving through the map is a 
I don't know. It defies genre. It's not a roguelike because the map is always the same. Okay, so it's actually so that analogy is not. But it's a bit of a dungeon crawler because you have to use. I guess if it was a dungeon crawler, you'd be like, I'm going to use this spell to overcome this enemy or this obstacle. And instead, you're using ingredients to to overcome obstacles. So it's like it's a crafting puzzle dungeon crawler, but not that not a dungeon crawler shopkeeping similar. I've never seen anything like this game and I love it. And it's fucking great. <sighs> That's so awesome. I, I I only briefly had seen it and been like, I want this and added it to my cart. But I I I I'm so glad you you had this much to fill in about it because I feel like now I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I want this. I want this. I mean, you know, I do, I do, I am planning on making a Steam purchase tonight of like a list. So I'm yeah. gonna add it. <laughs> you got, like the cart is filled. But like truly, I think you will love this game aesthetically and mechanically. And of course, it goes. It doesn't go without saying, but we have to do that quick Steam Deck check. And yes, this is a keyboard and or it's not a key. This is a mouse game for sure. And it's interesting because so, so many games are like, well, if you did the work, you could translate this to a controller configuration. What's interesting about this game is you have to grab the mortal and mortar and pestle or grab the spoon and you have to physically stir the pot there's no button there's no clicking button that's like stir you have to mechanically stir it because and it's not just because that's fun and it is but it's because grinding or stirring is is core to the gameplay like grinding the, the 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 ingredients too much or too little is how you 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 progress on the map because there because there's like a there's like a destination point of like if i grind this all the way down i will reach the maximum distance that this ingredient allows me to to reach right but sometimes i don't want to go all the way to the end of the dotted line sometimes i want to stop in the middle and throw it into the cauldron and get another ingredient because i want to go down instead of right so all this to say it's a you have to play it with a mouse to stir correctly and i'm happy to report that the the haptic trackpads on the steam deck are perfect for this it is a perfect steam deck game because if it's real-time strategy and you're trying to click on a thousand units you can use the mouse on the steam deck but it's gonna suck this is just a slow peaceful methodical uh, chill out game you can just move your mouse cursor over grab it with the right um, trigger is your click and just rub your thumb on the haptic pad and and you're you're stirring the pot and it's it's the, the haptics on the steam deck are so good that that's why this game it works for this game and get get it for steam deck and hop on the couch and and enjoy this beautiful peaceful shopkeeper game i've never seen anything like it i'm so So glad awesome i've had my eye on it for for months if not maybe a year or so and it's almost there it's it's almost feature complete there's a couple of little menus where you're like "Ooh, what is this and it's like we're we're getting to that we'll we'll add that when it's final when it's 1.0 but um but the rest of it is is all there it's it's lovely wow that sounds lovely um okay well I have hit add to cart. 
Add to cart. Bonus points because it has no bearing on the game, but you can, every time you brew a, por- a potion, you can choose the cute little bottle and color and label. Like Aww. each potion has a little icon. So like as you brew, you're, you're, you can create an inventory of potions. So like, you know, every, every day, it goes by day. So every day you're going to get an adventurer who needs a healing potion, like pretty mm-hmm. much guaranteed. So brewing a bunch of healing potions and keeping them in your stock is um is just part of the flow and so you can kind of choose when you put it in your recipe book oh i want the healing potion to like be red and have and be like short and stubby and then have a heart on it and you can kind of customize it and it just i don't know why that's so cute and fun to me it has no ramification you can put a lightning bolt on a healing potion it has nothing to do with gameplay but it's it's like putting a hat on your cat in a game like it just is is it's just cute and fun cosmetically and uh it i don't know it just clicks it just works i love this game potion craft so awesome um well i am going to report back because i'm you know soon gonna go on a trip so when i go on my trip uh i'm going to load i mean it's already loaded don't get me wrong but i'm gonna further (laughs) load my steam deck our steam deck with all of the stuff and uh have it so we can enjoy it on our we have a flight to new york and then a flight from new york to maine so there will be plenty of gaming happening on that flight i do believe yeah. So and it's, a, it's a 2D, it's a 2D, uh, little, little shop game. So like you'll get six hours of battery life out of this thing. Like yeah. you, you're, you're, you're not going to be stressing about any of that sort of stuff on, on the deck, which can, you know, that's part of the equation usually. So this conversation has made me think that I should turn back to the listeners and say, hey, if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to have more episodes where we talk about um, hidden gems, because I'm sure we could come up with many more, tell us in the Discord and uh, we um, we will react accordingly. Indeed, we will. The Discord is in the show notes as always. Uh, if you're a listener and you're not part of our community yet, we encourage you to get in touch by email or by Discord. All of those links are in the show notes of every single episode. We thank you for chatting with us. Our theme music is by Azure Flux, and our logo is illustrated by Just Call Me Katarina. And, uh, you know, if, if you're in a podcast app and you want to rate and review the show, that is always helpful to new listeners who might be discovering the show for the first time. So we appreciate that. Final words, Colette, before we get out of here and play some, some more hidden gems. I got nothing. Wow. Sometimes I just that's, got nothing, you know? That's And that's okay. I got nothing. That's, that's how it should be sometimes. Uh, we got <laughs> nothing, and we will talk with you in one week's time. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh,